Hey, my name is Larry Eif, and this is episode 194. I have Dr. Rob Kelly here with me. He is an author and an addiction expert. I'll say authority on that. Um, and like I say, I, I meet people on LinkedIn, and I met someone, and they showed me a podcast that he did about um, addiction, and the way he said it is pretty unique, pretty straightforward. So I had to have him on the show. And with that, Dr. Rob Kelly, I'll let you do your thing. Thank you, Larry. Good to be here, guys. My name is Dr. Rob, uh, commonly the addiction doctor, uh, specialized in alcohol and drug addiction. <clears throat> Many people ask me why I do. It's because I'm an alcoholic. I'm a recovered alcoholic and uh, suffered for many, many years in the, in the past from alcoholism, lost so much stuff, which we'll go into shortly. But, you know, I always, I, I mean, I, I went to 12-step rooms and, you know, in my early days and uh, alcohol was my solution for many years until it turned on me. But when he did turn on me, I was I was amazed that the doctors and, and, and the hospitals that I went to and the treatment centers really didn't have an idea or a clue what they were dealing with. The medical fraternity today is still baffled with alcoholism. So that was my niche. I wanted to go, go back to school, I wanted to learn everything about it. I've studied the brain for over 20 years. <clears throat> I've studied brain science, neuroplasticity, neural pathways, uh, stuff like that uh, to see how we can remold the mind around alcoholism and addiction. And I found a way to do it, which is awesome. It took a lot of years to do. And uh, it's a simple program, but you've got to put the work in like everyone. So through my, I'm, you know, I was thrown on stage at nine. That's my first drink at night. Uh, musical family. I remember the, the venue was Liverpool in England. Uh, that's the place, the home of the Beatles, as many of you will know. Uh, drinking all through school days. I mean, nothing crazy happened really. Apart from I never really fit anywhere. I always felt felt alone. I always felt as if, you know, nobody wanted me to to, to, pick, to sort of join in. And, you know, I, uh, I still have a little bit of that today, to be honest. So that happened. Um, and then college came. I was the only person that went to college in my family because uh, I'm a musician by trade. That, that's what I like to do. And uh, I actually got a job at Abbey Road playing bass, session bass player for about four years. <laughs> So I played with Elton John, Bowie, Queen, all them great guys of the wow. 80s. They were such great guys, you know. <clears throat> and uh, I just, I made a living, put myself through college, went to Oxford University, put myself through college, and then <clears throat> drinking was every day. But then I got a few jobs after that and started to get fired from them. And then all of a sudden, I got married, thought that was the idea, to, uh, the ideal solution to my problem. I had the first child, thought I'd never drink again. Worst four hours of my life. At the second child, same again, couldn't stop drinking. And it finally all collapsed. And I went from really nice house, cars, holiday homes, great, great uh, company, uh, two lovely children, and the, everything went. And eventually I, I'm sat on a bench in the middle of Manchester thinking, where the hell did that all go wrong? Because it, it, it happened really quick. My demise was really fast and furious. And then that was it. I was on the streets and tried to commit suicide six times on two occasions. I succeeded where my heart stopped and then they brought me back to life. And I was so annoyed at them guys. It was unreal. But here I am today. Man, that's, I don't even know. I don't know where, at, where to begin with this. I mean, it, it... And, that, and that's not the good stuff. That's just a, that's just a mild stuff of, of a, of an outline of where I was. I have a, 
I have a spiritual awakening. That guy that I met will blow your mind when I tell you that story. It's crazy. Yeah, so, tell, so, 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 so two things that really, well, well, here, let's do this. Talk to me about the medical profession first, because people always, people don't understand that your brain actually is, is it, it changes. It's, some people just say, oh, just, just <coughs> stop. And you're like, I, there's something going on there. And, and, and it's just, it, it's, people don't get it a lot of times. You have experience, you did 20 years of hard work. <coughs> Can you tell us about the brain? Because people believe the brain can literally change or something. So with alcoholics, alcoholism is a, a genetic disease. You can you can take trace it back through your family. Not so much drug addiction, because drug acts, acts differently on the brain than alcohol. Alcohol, and, and many people don't know that, but let's talk about alcoholism because that's what I suffer from. So if it's hereditary and goes back through your family, then that means I'm born this way. So I'm born with what they call self-sabotage neuropathways. That means that over any given time, I'm going to sabotage anything that I've built up good in my life. <clears throat> so when I take alcohol, it reinforces the fact that self-sabotage is my only solution to any problem. So that's what you find when you, you know, you have the great job and everything, and then you drink and it all goes to crap. And then you get the wife back and you get the kids back and blah, blah, blah. And then you smash it down again. And that routine goes on and on. So if alcohol is only the symptom, so let me explain what a symptom is. If I had chicken pox, uh, it comes with spots all over my body. So people will often say, I can see you've got chicken pox. And I go, how do you know? I can see all the spots all over your body. My reply is always the same. That's the symptom. What I have is a viral infection that can kill me as an adult. It's the same thing with alcoholism. The bottle or the, or the alcohol is the symptom. What I have going on is a brain disease. It's an illness. It's a malady because we have no control over it. So we need to redirect them, self-sabotaging neural pathways to healthy, good neural pathways that will give us a better life. See, what happens in the brain is a part of the brain called a hypothalamus, which is at the back of the brain, just near the prehistoric part of the brain. Now, this is interesting. So... The, the hypothalamus has a couple of jobs. One of them is a fight or flight situation. So it will tell you when to run, when to hide, you know, when to eat food and when to uh, drink water. That's the basic instincts of, uh, of the, of the uh, hypothalamus. But what it tells alcoholics to do is drink alcohol. That's why it's really hard to get over it because the brain, the brain part of the brain is going, hey, let's alcohol. Alcohol is now the solution, self-sabotage. So we need to remold that. So 10 years ago, we found out about neuroplasticity, which means we can redirect these neural pathways to a better life. Uh, a part of it is you need, must, vital, that you have a spiritual awakening. That's, that's the, you have a spiritual awakening and a psychic change. And let's look at them for a second. A spiritual awakening is when you find God. And make no two ways about it. There's 26,000 gods. Just pick one, I tell my guys. You know, stop being so, oh, I don't know about God. I can't say that word. I'm not sure. Uh, I've never known a sober atheist. That's all I'm saying around that. And a psychic change is psychic of the mind. Maybe people think it's a crystal ball. When you go and see a psychic, it's not. I go back in the day, psychologists, psychiatrists. It's a psychic ch change, a change of the way you think. Now, here's the interesting part, Larry. I hope you'll like this. It's, it's my research. When you have a psychic change and a spiritual awakening, 
your DNA changes. That means you're a different person. That means you are reborn. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad you said it first because I, I, <coughs> I tell people, um, well, my story is slightly different, but the, the, the main thing that, that got me over, what well, got me through my addictions, the worst of my addictions was actually not going to church, but was getting a personal relationship with God. I studied the Bible for myself. And, and once I did that, that's what I chose. Once I started doing that, I saw more value in life. I saw something completely different. I had a, like you said, a spiritual thing took me, took me to the other side. A lot of, but a lot of people can just say, hey, just do it for your family or do it for whatever. Yes. I, I, I had to do the spiritual, like you said. So I want to hear more about, yeah. I want to hear more about the, that. Oh, and the spiritual awakening too you had. Spiritual awakening. Well, many people ask what spiritual awakening is. It, it, it's the presence of something and then and the presence and feeling that everything is going to be okay and everything has changed. Now, the only spiritual awakening I know is that connection with God. So we are going to talk about God for a second. Yeah. 26,000, just pick one. Don't get don't get hung over that. You see, when I became homeless and I was uh, desperate, done. No one would speak to me. Kids have gone. Wife won't speak to me. Parents won't speak to me. I was abandoned on the streets of Manchester for 14 months. I woke up one morning and the guy next to me on the bench sleeping next to me was stabbed to death because of his sneakers. So it was pretty tough out there to survive. Every single day was a survival. One morning at 2.30 in the morning, I dropped down to my hands and knees. I never forget this, Larry. It was pouring down with rain and uh, I was crying, like on my hands and knees, crying and sobbing wasn't sobbing because I'd lost my kids and my wife and all my money and everything. I was crying because the first time in my life I realized I couldn't stop drinking. And I remember looking up to the sky and I said, if there's a God up there, I can't do this on my own anymore. 30 seconds later at 2.30 in the morning, the back end of Manchester, a street that's hardly used, a guy walks around the corner. He has a little Bible in his hand. Now, and he says, are you okay? And I said, no, I need help. And he took me back to his house and the journey started. But when he was waiting for his bus at 11 p.m., the bus came. He was just about to step on it. And he heard God say, walk. Whoa. So he didn't step on the bus. He stepped back off and he started his one and a half, two hours walk home in the rain because God told him to walk. And he stumbled across me. Uh, and uh, and and that that that's not freaky. Let, here's the freaky part, okay? And, and I want you I want you to tell me, uh, I want you to tell me what you think of this, okay? So this guy said, "Hey, you can you can stay in the house as long as you want. You got to come to a twelve step meeting." I'm like, "Oh, not again! I hate them places." So I went because it was a, a dry bed. So I, I'm sat in this place and the, all the war stories and all that stuff. And a guy at probably twelve o'clock to me. His white hair, nice sort of casual clothes. And he said, my name's John and I'm a recovered alcoholic. And he talks about God and he talks about mentioning Jesus Christ in the big book uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous. And he, talk, he talks all this stuff and I'm intrigued. I'm like, what? Anyway, I walked up to him and said, will you sponsor me? And he said, no, but I will be your spiritual advisor for a period of, I think it was eight weeks or 12, I can't remember. So I didn't have any car. I didn't have bus fare. So I got this big book and a dictionary and I walked to that man's house on a Wednesday, 6 p.m. I think it was. It took me an hour to get there. 
I spent an hour with him. It took me an hour to get back, walking back. But we went through certain stuff. He introduced me to God. I didn't know what God was. And uh, we did an eight-week course. And on the last day leaving his house, I knew I would never drink again. And he also warned me that things will happen from tomorrow. Well, the very next day, I got a part-time job offered to me, which a week later turned into a full-time job. At that full-time job, there was a car. There was a guy that was in sobriety that, that uh, sold me his car for a ridiculous low price. So all these things were happening. So I went back. To, when I got my first paycheck, I went to the gas station. And I knew I'd found something, Larry. And I was like, I had all this knowledge in my head. And I was happy, joyous, and free. And, you know, I was just loving God. And, you know, I walked back to that man's house. I went to the gas station. I got my little teddy bear, like four inches tall. That's all I can afford. And, and a card saying, thank you, John that introduced me to God. And I walked back to that man's house like I'd done eight or 12 weeks before. And I got to the house and I knocked on the door and no answer. And I knocked on that hard that the lady from the right-hand side of the apartment came out and said, can I help you? And I said, can you tell me where John is? Or is he relocated? And she said, and I quote, there's been no one in that apartment for six months. What? So she closed the door and I thought, oh yeah, she's, she's crazy. So I went around to the other side and knocked on this door and uh, a man came to the door, okay? And he said, I said, can you tell me where John's moved to, relocated? And he said, well, I've been here for 12 months and that, that, that's been a vacant, it's, there's nobody, you've got the wrong address. So what happened then is I went back to the meeting where I saw him, okay? And I said to the chairman, do you remember that guy called John? And he said, John, uh, which one? And I said, the one I was speaking to over the, with the coffee machine. Well, a few of them started laughing and uh, I grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and I'm like, hey, listen, don't start laughing at me. And the guy pulled me off and he said, Rob, Rob, you don't understand. You, you were stood over with the coffee machines talking to yourself. Never found that guy. Yeah. Never found him. Out of here. Right? What do you think that was? God, get, get out of man. I've heard some things. I've heard some serious spiritual things, especially related to addiction, but never that. Never for something that lasted that long period of time. I know. It's crazy. And there started my journey uh, to where I am today. Just passion, uh, just almost bordering on aggression when it comes to getting people well. And, you know, because I found something. And then I wanted to add my twist to it, to the program. And I built a, a program of my own that uh, we have a 97% success rate. It's unheard of. 4%, 5% is usually the usual with the treatment centers. We have a 97% because most of it is God, not me. He tells me what to do for each individual patient and we do it and they get well and they get the families back and the kids are reunited and it's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. What's, this, what's that program? Can you talk about that program? Yeah, it, it's a 90-day program for one hour a day. It's mostly done online. We've been doing telehealth for eight years, uh, way before everyone became a telehealth provider. And uh, you basically, uh, five days with me, two days with my psychotherapist, and we go back to the what we call the scene of the crime, which is all your childhood trauma. <clears throat> because whatever there's alcoholism, there's always trauma. And uh, we clear that up. And I redirect neural pathways with the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, uh, somatic experience and brain spotting uh, and then we clear that up and then we start to uh, we have to work with the wife and we build them together we get the children involved and by the time we finished after the 90 days everybody is happy in the same house you know the kids can play with dad dad's dad's just doing awesome and the wife loves him again because 
she's finally realised and seen that that's the man she married, the first guy for the first years before he got into being alcoholism. And, and everything always ends well. And I've never worked it out how that happens. And people doesn't believe my, my, my percentage, right? But we go back six and a half thousand patients over 20 something years, all kept on record to show anybody that this is the way to go because we've got something no one else go, I've got, you know, and it's just unreal. So yeah, that's the deal. So what's, the, what's the name of the program now? Well, it's, a, it's just, it's Rob Kelly Recovery Group okay. is our company and it's called a 3D, 3D program because we believe <clears throat> that uh, shame, remorse and guilt are drivers of alcoholism. So the 3D program is powerful program. It's, um, I don't know. I, it's a, it was a God deal putting it together. I, I mean, I have two PhDs, one from Oxford and one from Southampton. One's in psychology, one's in behavioral science. So I'm a pretty smart guy, but I'm not as smart to write this program. So when we sat down to write it, it there was definitely inspiration from God there to say, hey, do this, do this. And that's the way all my life has gone. I mean, when I came over to America, I married a, a second wife and then we got divorced. So and I was left with nothing over here again. So I stayed at a friend's house. This was seven years ago. And then I had nothing. I had like $200 in my pocket and, and she'd taken everything. I wasn't a, a citizen. She was, uh, and I started again seven years ago. So there's been some downs, but you know something? I always knew I'd come back. And, and I met my wife a year later and five years, six, six years on the, on the 14th of this month, Valentine's uh, Day will be six years anniversary. Romantic, we have built, I know, <laughs> we have built an empire in those days, in the last six years. So it doesn't take long, you yeah. know, God gave it all back. Because when I was down, when I was struggling, when I had no money, when I got a part-time job, I was still working with people and I was still inspiring people to go on and, and get sober and get clean and, and have an amazing life. So yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty good. Man, that's that. I'm telling you, I have. Uh, so, so you have that spiritual aspect to it. Um, let me ask you about the spiritual aspect as it relates to the twelve steps. Then, because when I was in a, I was in a rehab last year, and I was getting frustrated because they were saying, and once again, I should have been frustrated, but I just was because a lot of times they were saying, um, okay, God can just be. The, te- the group, you know, whoever got <laughs> you're the group. And I'm, I'm saying, no, that's not it because the group changes constantly and it doesn't change like that. And, I, and so I can't get frustrated, but, but what's your take on, um, on the 12 steps and their, and, 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 and spirituality? I mean, it has a good core to it. I, I know it's a good core. Right. It's a hundred percent. I mean, I, I love it when people say that, but I'm, I want to thank you all for keeping me sober. You, you can't keep me sober. Right. The book says that no human power can relieve my alcoholism, but God could and would if it was so. The book says that we've been placed ourselves beyond human aid, and God God either is or he isn't. 26,000, just pick one. What's wrong with you is what I tell people. But, yeah, the delusional people that, you know, a handle is my higher power or the group is, and, oh, oh God stands. This, is, this one gets me, now because I all stand up and say something. God stands for a group of drunks. It's like I stand up and go, how dare you? What is wrong with you? How dare you say that? God stands for God. End of story. No acronyms, no ways out. Choose right. it or get drunk, wasted. Go and do it. And I tell people, go out and drink. 
If you, oh, I'm not too sure, you know, I can trust God because like, I have some trust issues. I saw you get into a car the other day with four crack dealers. Don't tell me you've got trust issues. You know, just get this deal done. It's not a big thing. But without spiritual uh, way, it's not religious. It's a spiritual. My God is uh, my God is Christ. And it mentions Christ in the big book. Yeah. Page 11, second word. So we're talking about the same God. But I, I don't make bones of it. That's that's my spiritual power. That's my way of life. And all I know, Larry, is when I ask, he provides. You see, I'm a great believer that God wants to give us so much and we ask for so little, you know? And I heard that. Uh, in fact, I heard a great story the other day. Who's the guy that does uh, Family Fortunes? What's his name? The, the black guy, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing Steve Harvey. This is awesome, man. I'm hearing, and, and, and Steve's, Steve's gone some, through some stuff, man, I'm telling you. And, and he's, he always talks in, in between uh, sets with the people. And he's talking about, you know, uh, asking God for stuff uh, because he, he doesn't want to ask for himself and blah, blah, blah. And he, one day he did. He said, God, if you're up there and, and I'm coming back and I want to be on TV, but, you know, I've always wanted 20 acres of land. That's always been my dream. So nobody can push me off. Nobody can take anything away from me. It's my land. <clears throat> and God gave him 20 acres of land. Like he went to see this place and he went to, anyway, he got to his third place and the guy said, hey, listen, I'm going to give you 12 months free and then I want you to pay $400 a month until you paid the $10,000 that the land cost. So Steve said, okay, so we got this and he thanked God. And then he says, it's so cheeky. He says, I'm thinking like if God wants to give everybody like at least 20 acres, I got like seven or eight friends uh, you know, that in prison that are never going to get out. So God, can I have their 20 acres? <laughs> and sooner or later that was added. And he went on, he has 300 acres now. Because we ask, if you're doing the right thing, ask God for stuff. He wants to provide for us. That, that's, man, this is, this is incredible how, 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 what you're talking about is the same thing that, like I said, we talk about ask, well, I'll say two things. We talk about ask. Um, I have a thing now where I wake up in the morning, I do the Lord's Prayer, and then at the end of my Lord's Prayer, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, I say, okay, Jesus, now, whatever I feel the Holy Spirit telling me today, all I have to do is ask you. I may not know all the details, I'm just going to ask you, and I will tell you that the Holy Spirit led me to it, and it automatically goes on my books, Then I end up with a question, I say, okay, so I make it a question, and as I do that, I've had business ideas coming to my mind that are, that are I'm starting to see come to life that are incredible like, like i want to develop hotels and real estate and it's like people say you can't do that you have the money you don't have any money and this and this and that and it's like well once you get a spiritual base like you said you can ask for things you start asking and what's the worst case what's the worst that could happen yes or no that's the only thing that can happen so listen we're, we're born with you know i don't know about you but when i was a kid i wanted to be a fireman i wanted to be an astronaut i wanted to be a policeman you know because we have these dreams as kids and what happens is, is that, you know, God gives us visions in our dreams and our thought pattern. And, and that's that's the vision for us. That's what he wants us to do, okay? And what happens is we hang around people that don't believe that. And we allow them to smash our dreams to pieces and think, oh, no, I could never do that, you know? You, so I stopped hanging around with them people. And I started hanging around with, you know, I want to become an astronaut. And my friends would go, oh, I can see you doing that. Oh, definitely, Rob. That's definitely your vacation in life. That's the people I surround myself today because normal people will bring you down because their life is so sad 
then they can't achieve it. I've not got the aspirations to achieve it. They want to pull you down. You know, God give us the alcoholics and addicts a million dollar mind. Stop hanging around with 10 cent minds. Ain't going to get you anywhere. You know, never share your dreams with people who never share your dreams. And, and basically that's it. You know, it's just it. Knowledge is unbelievable in this game. Knowledge of the spiritual side, knowledge of what you have to do and what you can't do. I mean, the book says we have to act the Good Samaritan every single day. I don't know anybody that does that, you know, but they're all shouting when it comes to their part of sharing about stuff in rooms that don't make any sense. Like you can, you can choose your higher power at the light bulb. I mean, no wonder the success rate in, in, in some 12 step rooms is like 3%. Watered down God. That, and I'm telling you, that, that's why, man, I wish, oh man, I'm gonna get as many people, I, programs like yours are programs I like. Um, because you actually take the 12 steps. It's not like you're doing your own 12 steps. You take the 12 steps where you apply what it says. It says stuff about God. It says stuff about the higher power. You're actually doing it. I go to these AA rooms and NA rooms, and I would be like, you know, um, people would, well, I had a, a sponsor, my first sponsor I had last year, two years ago, and he was telling me, well, I couldn't get past a certain step, the step that talks about, um, I can't think of it right now, the one about God, how you have to confess your, Special sense of God or something to that effect. Yeah. And he was saying, well, you don't necessarily have to confess your sins to God. You just have to confess them to someone other than yourself or something, something to that effect. And I'm like, how are all these people getting past this certain step right here? And, and, and they're not catching the whole thing about forgiveness and what God is. And you and your, pro, and your program is getting like, like the 97% success rate by doing the things that the 12 steps actually say. I know. It's just, uh, I don't know why people just don't cling on to it. They just, you know, they just shy away. And I can see why they shy away from uh, God's because of the church upbringing, maybe, or the Catholic upbringing, or whatever it may be. They're talking about the, the God that they don't know. So it's a spiritual journey. Um, and you know what to say about religion and, and uh, spirituality is, you know, religion are for those people who don't want to go to hell and spirituality is for those people that's already been to hell but don't choose to go back. So most of us have seen, you know, the, the devastation that addiction can cause. So when it came to me, I didn't have a choice but to believe. But when you ask, things come rapidly. He's like, if you, I tell you, if you're doing the right thing and you're in a 12 step program and done exactly what the book tells you to do, uh, things happen rapidly to you once you start asking for them. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I used to have a little tiny office in Dallas. It was in another therapist office. It was a small room and we was on the seventh floor. The seven is the favorite number from the Bible, but I was born on the seventh of the seventh, 61, which is seven. So seven's always been, and I used to step off the elevator on, on floor seven. I used to turn right and just fall got to my office on the left little tiny thing. Uh, I, used to, I saw these big glass doors with like five offices and, you know, it was just phenomenal. And I used to, and the number was 777. That what? was the number. I know. So when I came off, what we did is I think me and my wife, we started to claim that building in the name of, of, uh, of God, that claim it. It was, oh, there's no way could we get in there. It's like 10 grand a month or something stupid. You know, we only had like two, two patients at the time. But I did that for a couple of months. And then one day my assistant came up and said, hey, do you like the offices next door? I said, well, I've always been claiming them. 
And she said something like, my memory's terrible. Well, the, the, the people on the building said, you can take it over tomorrow. They'll give you six months free rent. <laughs> cut the rent to this. And four, four or five days later, we're in the offices with my name on the back. As you see it now, these are the offices with yeah, my name uh, on the yeah. back wall. It was like, yeah, that, we got it. We asked for yeah. it, we got it. Uh, yeah. I got to come check yeah. out your building, man. You got, well, where are you guys at? You guys are located... We've got San Antonio, Texas. We've got Dallas, Texas. We've got uh, Mallorca in Spain. And we have Manchester in the United Kingdom. Get out of here. I know, right? Uh, in a six-year span, right? Six-year span, yeah. Six-year span. Comes quickly. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. God doesn't want to wait. God wants to give you this stuff, you know? Because so, we, because he, he created this place. He wants to give it. He wants to get... He Like, like as the guy said, there's a guy <clears> that the manufacturer wants this product to succeed because it, it, it's good for the manufacturer, more or less. Exactly, and, um, exactly. Let me ask you one more question. So did, so I have a guy, matter of fact, my really good friend, he's from Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh, nice area, yeah. And he um, <coughs> he said, he, well, he said he grew up on the east end or something, east side or something. Um, he says, uh, he, he talks about this a lot and he says, um, the spiritual part. I talked about the spiritual aspect of recovery. He doesn't believe me too much. Uh, but 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 what is your view on? Do people do people take to it right away? The spiritual part. Uh, the people or the people kind of fight back at first, or or is that in your program? <laughs> well, what I found is is most people in AA are not alcoholics. Uh, so when they go there and they try and read the book, new new guys, they find the spiritual path harsh because it's ridiculed. Okay, ridicule when you say you have to find God and stuff like that. So we created a meeting on Saturday morning for recovered alcoholics because that's what the Beck says, <clears throat> empowered alcoholics. When you surround yourself by that environment and you're in everybody say it's all about God, you know, we're recovered. Uh, we have 35 people now after three months and the power in that room, Larry, is absolutely mind blowing. So obviously the spiritual, we have guys came in <clears throat> two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they looked like they could kill your mother. You know, they were miserable. They were horrible. They looked terrible. They're unshaven. And they come in and they hear all these God and how God can do this and, and do that. And you've only got to do this and ask for it. And you know, two or three weeks later, these guys are, have done with the steps. They're clean shaven. They've got the job back. They've got a nice car outside. It's like, it's contagious, man. It's <laughs> contagious. But if I give you an option of a light bulb and God, you're going to take the light bulb because it's easy. No one wants to stand up and say, oh, yeah, I, this is all God. I, you know, nobody wants to do that. Well, we've changed that around. We've changed that around and say, this is what we should be doing. So here's the crazy part. If, have you read the big book? Yeah. There's 351 God words in the first 164. 351. And most of them are in the chapter called We Agnostics. So there's your proof. Is it God program or are you going to die? Right. that. And it's your choice. You know, no one's trying to ram this down your throat, but the book says God either is or not. In fact, the book says that you have to abandon yourself to him. Well, can you imagine being on a ship in the middle of nowhere, Larry, and the, and the captain shouts, abandon ship. Are you going to stick a toe in the water? Or are you going to jump in with both feet? That's what the book's asking. Jump in with both feet yeah. if you've had enough. And he will show us the way. And, and, it's, and it's amazing, man. <clears throat> you, you are the first person... Uh, I guess on a professional level that actually connected the dots spiritually 
and lived it out and is 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 getting it out there and you're actually getting results and seeing it. I mean that's um I think that's what it, what I've always meant to be because when I had that spiritual awakening, God said to me, uh, "You work with my kids for the rest of your life, and I will take you on a journey away from your own country." And I'm four and a half thousand miles away from home right now. I've been here for 14 years, and and it's just phenomenal. But the thing is, you have to get people excited about it. You know, yeah. you can't just go in and go, oh, you know something? Yeah, you've got to really find God. It's like, listen, you've got to find God. Look what's happening to me. It's unbelievable. This is phenomenal. The drink problem no longer exists. And people get excited about our passion because it's true. You can't, you can't fake this. Nah. You can't fake it. You know, so when you go in for a life, it's like, how long have you been in AA? Like 33 years. And you're still as passionate now? Yeah. Hey, do you know, I, I, they, when I first started, they said, uh, uh, hey, Rob, what's that pink cloud you're on? You know, you, you're yeah, pink, yeah, the pink cloud. Yeah, yeah. I've been on a pink cloud for 33 years. How's that, guys? And I ain't coming off it. Don't let these people tell you when 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 you recover, when you get God in your life, God gives you your own pen to write your future. How crazy is that? It gives you your own, not a pencil, so you can rub it out. It gives you a pen, nah. and you can write your future, and He will make that deal happen yep. if you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, I always tell people that, write your own future. Me and my wife, when we got married uh, six years ago, um, we had a little bit of an argument after a couple of days or something like that. And uh, my wife said, well, that's just the way marriage is. And I said, says who? Who's making these rules? I don't like these rules. Let's make our own rules. I'm the, we're the only couple I know that dance in the bathroom in the morning and sing during the day and just have a laugh because write your own marriage, write your own friendship, write your own future. The penny's yours, my friend. Man, we, I definitely, usually I like to do a follow-up episode, but I think I'm going to do like, I got to do a whole series of you, man. I got to do a, an entire yeah, Awesome, man. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> definitely. Well, see, I'm definitely glad I didn't, I didn't do so much research because I would have never gotten the storyline of what you're telling me. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Man. Thank you for sharing this with us. Uh, like once again, so you gotta say the name of your group. So can people get in online? You're saying, yeah, just uh, it's uh, I spell my name with two B's for those guys listening and not watching. So it's R O B B K E L O Y. Uh, that's the website, robkelly.com. Dr. Rob Kelly, punch it to any search engine and you'll see me all over the place. Uh, friend me on Facebook, message me, see me on uh, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on all the platforms. Uh, and yeah, let's get talking. Keep in contact. We'll tell you about it. And listen, if you're a parent, uh, or you know, if you're a parent of your of your, and it's only for parents, if you're a parent and your your teenage daughter or son is struggling and you don't know where to go, listen, guys, call us up. It's not going to cost you a thing. We'll, my, my my staff will give you professional advice. We'll walk you through it. You know, you can call ten times if you want to. Don't feel you can't. It's never going to cost you anything. We walk parents through this deal to make sure that you're giving the best. Uh, uh, best uh, thing towards your son, best treatment, the best thing for him, and uh, we are the best in the industry. There's no doubt about that. But you don't have to come with us. You know, we'll just give you advice, and if you want to go somewhere, we'll guide you and make that phone call for you. So we're always here for parents, guys. Man, awesome, dude. I'm. I really didn't want to end this, man. I could work straight through lunch, man. But I know you have things to do. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna catch up again. Um, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we're gonna catch up again. Um, Thank you so much, man. Um, I'm gonna definitely reach out to you on LinkedIn and Facebook. Excellent. And I gotta thank I gotta thank Courtney. 
Yes, Courtney's the girl. She's she's our outreach director, and uh, she knows everybody who's everybody. She's just at the moment working on Joe Rogan for me to get on that show. But she what she does is she goes out and she finds interesting shows. So and then when she calls me and you go, "Are you on this show?" and I go, "I've never heard of that show." <laughs> and all she says to me is, "You need to speak to this guy." And when she says that, I know somebody special. And Larry, let me tell you categorically, man, the feeling I get from you, you are special. You are doing stuff that nobody else will step out and do, man. So I want to thank you for doing that. Thank you for being brave and thank you for inspiring me today. It was awesome, man. Cool. Thank you, guys. And we'll, we'll connect again. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's well, that, that is a wrap up. So 194, 195 is next. I have no clue what it's going to be about, but I'm quite sure one of the next ones is going to be with Dr. Rob Kelly again. All right, thank you, sir. And I'll let you say the closing word. I'll let you close it up. <clears throat> yes, sir. Don't forget, guy. If you're sat at home and thinking you can't do this, you can. If you're sat at home thinking that you're not good enough, you are. Remember, God gives us strength to, to walk forward. So listen, <clears throat> you know your dreams that you got that you think you can't do? You actually can. The only thing that's stopping you is fear. Fear isn't real. Get up. You know, it's a bit like a car with power steering. If you stood still, you can't turn the wheel. It's the same thing with God. Walk forward. He will direct your attention to where he needs you to be, whatever that. And enjoy the journey. Don't worry about the destination. Enjoy right. the journey. Dr. Rob Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, man. All right.